New Vision is a church that is about guiding people to lives of gospel transformation. Whether this is your first time listening with us or you're a regular listener, we're so happy that you're here. Monday through Friday, we release a podcast studying through a book of the Bible. Right now, we've focused our attention to the Gospel of John. Again, we're happy that you're here. We know God's going to do something great. We are in day eight of the Gospel of John here with Dixie Lovett. Dixie, you're reading through John 5. It's a lot of verses. It is. I think I'm just going through verse uh, 30 today, though. Yeah, well, um, uh, in a moment... Uh, we'll get started with that, but I, I would love to know, maybe, you know, we're all social distancing, all in our house. What are you doing to pass time, or what are you doing to uh, for entertainment? Well, um, to be honest, being the extrovert that I am, it's been probably one of the most difficult things I could do. I like it for uh, maybe two or three days, and then I get a little stir-crazy, but uh, I am taking this time to do some study. Um and in my free time, I'm catching up on some things, organizing some things around the house that need to be done and getting out walking in the neighborhood a couple of times a day. So uh, just trying to get through each day as the Lord provides. Well, I'm glad you're here. I'm, I'm uh, sorry you're going stir crazy, but... <laughs> it make it worse uh, where it gets better. We'll see. Yeah, that's true. Your, your social distancing, it's playing its part, right? That's right. Hey... You're reading John 5. What, what version of the Bible are you reading? I am reading from the ESV version. All right, let's go for it. Okay, here we go. John chapter 5, starting in verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and the, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there for a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I'm going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It's the Sabbath, and it's not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who is this man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, and there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing the, these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, my father is working until now, and I am working. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. But not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord. 
but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. For as the father raised the dead and gives life, gives them life, so also the son gives life to whom he will. The father judges no one, but he has given all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but he has passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming, as is now here, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. So I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. When I read that, um, I was really kind of excited about it because um, in our Wednesday Women's Bible Study, uh, we've been studying uh, this chapter. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the perspective that I got from there because it really, uh, this paralytic, the man who uh, was at the colonnades kind of stood out to me. But first of all, I wanted to speak a little bit about the uh, historical grounds in this. We have the sheep gate um, that is a place, there was a wall around Jerusalem for security, and it had several different access points, and they were the gates that were around for people to come in and out. And the Sheep Gate was uh, just north of the Temple Mount, and it's where the sheep market was, where people could buy sheep or whatever for the temple sacrifices. And it was also very possible that this entry was uh, at the road that came from Jericho. And right inside there, just to the north, there was this pool that was in Aramaic was called Bethesda, which means in Hebrew, the ha- a house of mercy. And there were five colonnades or covered porches around this pool. This pool was like a single pool that was divided by a partition. And on this specific end is where in these colonnades, in these covered porches, the multitudes would gather, as the scripture tells us, and they would be blind and lame and paralyzed. And they were there uh, to be healed. And there was a an understanding at the time that this this end of the pool would stir or bubble or start movement. Um, and it was probably from an underground spring or something that would cause that. But the people thought that this stirring was done by angels. And if you could be the first one into the pool when that stirring happened, then you would be healed. Uh, they never knew exactly when this stirring of the waters would happen. So therefore, they were day in and day out in these colonnades waiting for their opportunity to be healed. And this paralyzed man, the man that had been an invalid, he had been an invalid for 38 years. 
Um, and when I think about that, I think about, you know, for 38 years, Mickey and I have been married for almost 40 years. That is a really, really long time. So the whole time practically that Mickey and I had been married, this man would go to the colonnade. Somehow he would get there. He would sit and wait for that opportunity to be healed. That is a very, very long time. And I can imagine um, that he would have this despair and the hope of healing would be kind of be far from him and um, or he would feel that way. Oftentimes, I feel like in our lives, in my life, especially in unpleasant situations or struggles or things from our past, it could be um, marriage difficulties, singleness, your failing health or a job or just simply a limitation maybe that you have in your life that we can get into after a while. We can get into thinking that this is just the way life is going to be. We can no longer expect a change and um Sometimes we can also begin to identify ourselves in that way. And oftentimes we just don't want to pay the price for change because it can be costly. But Jesus, when he saw this man and realized that he had, was the man who had been there uh, for so many years, said to him, um, do you want to be healed? Some of the translations will say, which I think the NIV does, do you want to get better? The King James puts it this way. Do you want to be made whole? Another way of thinking about this question is, do you want to be healed completely? You know, God wants us to be whole and to be complete. And what we want is it to be changed and to be healed and to be whole, or do we just want to remain comfortable in our limitations or in our struggles? Uh, it can be costly for us to find our wholeness in Christ. It's really interesting to me that the response that the invalid had, and I could see myself in this response. When Jesus said to him, do you want to be healed? Now, this is Jesus, the Christ, who can heal with a word. And he looks at this man and says, do you want to be healed? I would like to think that if Jesus was in front of me and said, Dixie, do you want to be healed? I would be immediately saying, yes, Lord, whatever it takes. But what this man said was this, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool and whenever the pool is stirred up. So immediately his answer was saying, I can't get healed and it's somebody else's fault. There's some, there's some other reason why that I can't get in the pool is because no one will take me. So he didn't really want to take responsibility for his limitations and where he was. And it almost communicated that it was too costly for him to do that. Um, he maybe he was in had so many years of despair. He just saw this as a way of life. He could have been afraid. He could have all actually believed the lie that nothing would ever change. And he just was not going to get that opportunity unless somebody else helped him out of that. You know, sometimes we have to learn to function right where we are in our brokenness and in our limitations. And um, sometimes also we can give more power to that than to into our past, maybe, than what we know, and what Jesus did for us on the cross. But uh, immediately that's where he went. And then he even went further to say, and then if I am going to get down in there, if someone takes me, then somebody gets there before I do. So he was not really ready to take action to be healed. But here's what Jesus said to him. Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. 
He said, we have responsibility. We have to be the one to take the action to be healed. We have to allow the promises of God's word to resurrect resurrect that desire in us to be whole and to be complete and to be healed. Um, I think that is just a very interesting thing for us to consider when we are sitting in our limitations or in our struggles of life is do we want to be healed? And yes, we do want to be healed, but we have to take a responsibility. We have to take action, just like this invalid had to get up and take up his bed and walk. You know, our past, our present is part of our life story, but it is not what defines us. We're defined by who we are in Christ. We can focus on ourselves and our problems or our limitations, or we can take action. We can get up and walk. We can look to Jesus and embrace the miraculous possibilities that Jesus offers to us. So as I read through this and what it taught to me today is that my challenge, our challenge is in our limitations, in our daily walk, in this situation that we're in of being socially distant, is to run to Jesus, to seek him first and to be healed. That's all I have for you today, Robert. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you. Thank you for your time today. You're welcome. Stay safe. Yes, you do the same. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Join us tomorrow as we continue through the Gospel of John. See you guys then.